0: Now, when the 12 were with Jesus, 12 men were ideal. Generally, when, any, when a, an official or a governor or whatever went, he had 12 men with him because he had four across the middle, three behind, and four across the back. 12 men. And he sat in the middle. He had an impenetrable circle around him. People couldn't get to him. Because everybody was trying to get to Jesus. Come on. Let's face it. If you had a family member there and Jesus was walking by, how quiet would you be? Come on. I'd be running at those dudes. I'd do everything I could to try to get past them. I'd hit the suckers. (laughs) Yeah. I want what the man has. The woman with the issue of blood. I don't know how she did it. She must have taken a flying dive at his his garment because he had to get past these men. And she said, "If I could do what? Just touch." How did she do it? How did she have the energy, with her weakened condition, to push? Can I tell you why most people don't get prayer answered? Good. You give up. Or you whine. Oh God. If you love me, you'd do this. Oh, uh, I'm gonna pick on you today. Have mercy on me, O Lord, Son of David. This is an, a. Oh, series not available. Okay, that's good. <laughs> this is a woman, a Syrophoenician Greek woman. She's a Gentile. She has no authority to come before Jesus. Jesus is there to minister to whom? The Jews, the Israelis. That's it. This woman didn't even think about that fact. She had a need that she knew if she could get Jesus' attention, she could get a response. Yes. Mm. She did. Not quite what she wanted. But he answered her not a word. Uh, you, that didn't sink in yet. How many of you are afraid and there's been not a word? How many of you said, Lord, I've got to have a word from you today, and he's mute. Lord, I don't know which way to go. I, I remember one time I was praying. and said, Lord, i got two choices here. I, I really don't know which way to go, and I haven't heard from you. He said, the reason you haven't heard from me is that I don't care which way you go. I'll bless you either way. Oh, well, why didn't you say that? but you see rather than saying father if I'm wrong stop and let the situation turn around here I'm sitting here waiting I'm not walking in faith I'm waiting for a word so I can walk in faith Ah, you didn't get that I'm going to have to go over that again the just shall live by faith if I know I'm not by living by faith. There comes time in the maturity of a believer, not what you think is mature, but what he thinks is mature, where he comes to you and he says, enough is enough. When are you going to stand in faith? I've heard you. I've heard you 87,000 times mention your need. You think I'm a moron. <laughs> you and I wouldn't talk to each other. I mean, if you came to me every, every so often and said, Oh, it, Roger, if you would just do this. Oh, Roger, if you I said, Wait a minute. I said, Didn't I say if you asked me, I'd give it to you? But, Oh, I haven't received it. There's got to be sin in my life. No, I've got to find someone that's as hard-headed as you to meet your need. (laughs) He says, I ask, and you may or may not receive depending on my attitude. Are you getting a picture here? We've got a woman that is in a situation. She gets the attention of Jesus, and Jesus shuts her down the average man in the church at this point would walk off whipped. That's why our prayers aren't answered. He's going to find out how important really is it. Look at here. He said, but he, but she came. Now here, catch this. Have mercy on me, on Lord, son of David. How did she know he was the son of David? I mean, she's a Greek. Th- these things, are, I ask questions, I can't get answers for I can't. I've tried to research it, I can't find anything on it. My daughter is severely demon possessed, and he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. In other words, they had moved on, they had pushed her aside they had continued on whatever they were doing and she's behind them in a way that's more noisily than all the rest of the people combined to such a point it's irritating the disciples and they're going to Jesus and said give her what she wants so we'll shut her up Now, does that mean that we get it because we hound him? No, 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 no. I think there are times God wants to find out how bad bad is bad. Okay? So often we take the unrighteous judge that the woman kept kept everywhere he would go. He'd go to St. Mark, she'd be there. He'd go to Macy, she'd be there. In the middle of the situation, give it give me justice, give me justice, give me justice. You know, give me justice. And no matter where he was, there she is. I need justice. And she said, Okay.
1: Give her justice
0: to get her out of my face. Get rid of her. And the church turns around and said, This is the way God acts, like an unrighteous judge. That if I just continue hammering and hammering and hammering, I'll get it. No, whining does not get anything. He says, do not be repetitious as the heathen. Did you ever realize that your prayers that you pray over and over and over are repetitious? One of the biggest challenges I had was when I realized God is intelligent. And God heard us the first time. If I went to my dad and I said, Dad, I need 100 bucks," he may not have the $100, but I'm going to get the $100. He said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll meet your need. Now, if I went back to Dad and said, oh, Dad, oh, Dad, about the third time he'd slap me. <laughs> he said, what's the matter with you, son? Grow up. One of I you is at such a point that you can't believe if I said I would do it, I would do it. Why don't you walk in grace and walk in thanksgiving for what about to happen and transpire in your life? Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. So, you know, I'm going to give you a hellbustin' theology, okay? At what point do you quit asking, and when do you start believing? Look at what got her her answer. Her answer wasn't because she was hammering on him. But he answered and said, I was not sent except for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came. What's the next few words? And what? Oh. You know what this woman did? She ran around the group, got in front and dropped on her face in the dirt and began to worship him, not beg him. She changed her tactic. The first tactic didn't work. Are you with me? Let me tell you something. In praise, he stands beside you. In worship, he set loose to go and work on your behalf. Okay? Nothing happened. Come on, are you with me? Until she changed her tactics and began to worship, he still isn't fully convinced, but he's listening. But he answered and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. What did he just do to her? (laughs) Now, I tell you what, if you were in the the PC group, wouldn't you be offended? I mean, right now, you'd call for the PC police to come and talk to Jesus. He insulted her, called her a Gentile dog. She said, yes, Lord. Notice she didn't lose focus. No, she didn't deny it. She didn't defend herself. But she takes it and turns it around. Look at, look at what she says. She says, yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which falls from their master's table. Notice her wording. Her wording is so perfect. Because what is she still doing? Though she's insulted, she's still honoring him and referring to him as what? As master. The worship hasn't changed. She's just dialoguing. Come on, are you with me? Now, the story on this is Gentile, if you know anything about the Jewish religion, dogs were considered very unclean. But the Jews made an exception to little puppies. You could have a little puppy in your house. You couldn't feed it, you know, take care of it, and nurture it like we do our dogs because that wasn't against the law. But they could be under the table. And any of you have kids at home? If they have a little puppy under the table, what happens? You notice that scraps have a tendency to fall. So, you see, Lenny and I have a, have a practice. We never feed our dogs from the table. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not right at all. But, so I've taught my dogs well. <laughs> they'll sit up, they'll roll over. I mean, they do a number of things. They'll, they'll, they will impress you to get whatever they need. <laughs> She said, even the little dogs are worthy. Lord, I'm not asking for a million dollars. I'm not asking for position. I'm asking for crumbs. Let my daughter be released. Mm. Just crumbs. Just crumbs. Now, understand, this is before Christ. Before Jesus gave his life so this is still Old Testament okay I have news for you we don't settle for crumbs anymore remember you're a child of the most high God you rule and reign as kings and priests priests is the worship unto the Lord Their kingliness is the rule and reign in this earth over the enemy. Okay? We have a father who loves to spoil us. He loves to show his glory in your life by what he does to you and for you. If he can find someone who can come into his presence and not whine, cry, and beg but recognize and realize that he can meet your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus without you even asking for a dime. He said, I know what you have need of before you ask. Well, that means I don't have to lay out a dissertation for what I have need of. said, so, Lord, this thing has popped up. <laughs> I told you this I think I've probably shared this every time I've taught but when the when when the pulpit was on the table on the pulp- uh, platform up here sometimes we would run into more more month than we had money sometimes it're rather severe we had one month four or five thousand dollars for our overhead and we only got twelve hundred dollars and we had Anticipated coming in that Sunday to be a more powerful Sunday, and it was a very bad Sunday. And we had all these checks out, and we didn't have the money to cover them. Yeah, and yet we still had payroll and some other things coming up the end of the week. And Lou sent me this little note. I won't read it to you because if I do, you go, huh? <laughs> and I went and I took the bills and I took the note and I laid it on. <laughs> On the pulpit and I said, you've got a problem. You're in debt. That's <laughs> right. I said, this isn't my church. This is your the CEO. I'm not the CEO. You're responsible to meet my needs. I'm not responsible for the needs of this church. Father, I'm in trouble and your church is going to suffer as a result of it. And I'd always say this, now, If the ministry has come to an end, you know, let it be done in a gracious way so we can just shut this thing down and not do it with an embarrassment. And if that be the case, fine, you know, then we'll go and do something else. However, we need relief. We need it now. I walk in and tell, okay, we got everything under control. Money will be in by the end of the week. Did we see this? End of the week came, somebody walked in, laid $2,000 on the counter and said, I've been behind in my ties. I took care of the checks. (laughs) By the time the week was over, Linda, you saw it. You were there. You saw these things going on. You know. By the time the week was over, I had to carry my check over to Monday. But everybody else got their checks. The money had come in through the week where people walk into the office and say, oh, man, he said, I've been behind him. Boom, drop it on the counter. Because he meets our needs, how? According to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He says, you have not because you, or you ask amiss. Yeah. You see, if you want to get the hand of God to move in your life, ask for something that you can do for the sake of the kingdom. Now the Lord doesn't have a problem with you having some of it and having something nice. I don't need a sixty million dollar airplane. <laughs> sixty million dollars for an airplane. He says he got it by faith. No, he didn't. He got it by ringing the people. <laughs> To me, getting it by faith is you don't tell anybody and God gives you an airplane for $60 million. That's different. Okay. Now, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about a huge house. I'm not talking about matching Mercedes in your garage. You know, if that's important, you're misfocused. God hasn't got a problem with you having money, but he has a problem with you when money has you. Okay. And not just money, things. It's amazing what people value. I go into people's garages and you can't get the car in there. I said, What's all this? Oh, stuff that we have. For what? I said, What's in it? I walk up and said, What's in this box? I don't know. You got a box, you don't know what's in it. Why do you have the box? I'm gonna pick on you. If you're a hoarder, guess what? The blessings aren't there. He said, "Give. If you haven't got use for it, give. Don't have a garage sale. What? Give. Yeah. yeah he, 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 nah. Shoot. No. You get angry with me. I'll just. I'll insult you. Oh, great day. The Lord said." Even the little dogs. Jesus answered her and said, Oh, woman. She didn't say, Great is your worship. Great is your tenacity. Great is your impact on me. He said, Great is your faith. Now, I want to tell you something about this that kind of blows you away. Jesus said this. He says, I don't do anything except my father tell me to do it. I don't do anything except my father tell me to do it. Jesus was walking. Jesus was not healing. Daddy said, today we're walking. We're not operating in miracles and healings and giftings. We're what? But this woman interrupted his walk. There were thousands of people calling to him, trying to reach him, trying to get his attention, and he's oblivious to their needs. Are you you listening to me? I mean, they're they're, they're dragging the sick, they're they're lame. They're doing whatever they can to somehow elicit some kind of a recognition from them so that Their prayer would be answered. And he's ignoring their need. Except one crazy lady. Who wouldn't give up. Yeah. One one lady out of 10,000 or 20,000 people. Not only got into his face but threw herself prostrate on the ground in front of him and loudly worshipped, I'm sure. Yeah. And he, she wasn't conscious about what 20,000 people thought out there. She had the attention of the answer. <laughs> Daddy spoke to the son and he said, we're healing. That one. Notice he didn't heal them all because they went through walking yet. Now if you read down a little ways, they did. He did. He went down by the sea. He went on the side of the sea up in the mountains, and they all followed him, and they brought all the lame, the halt, the blind, the deaf, the dumb, and he healed them all. <laughs> I've been trying to think. You know, you got 10,000 people. Let's say 5,000 were sick needing prayer. How do you pray for 5,000 people? He couldn't lay hands on that many. I was trying to think if you spent 15 seconds with one, that would be 4 a minute times 60 is 240 an hour. And you got 5,000. There's no way. But he, he, again, let me back up. He can't say anything because he's what? If daddy doesn't tell him to say it, if it hasn't been censored by by the filter of the Holy Spirit, he can't say it because he's still the voice of creation. He may have left his glory in heaven, but he didn't leave the voice in heaven. Remember the Guderian demoniac? When he went there, he said, come out. And he said, why are you here to try me before my time? I mean, it's not our time yet. They said, well, they recognize him in his glory. No, the voice. It was the voice that cast him out of heaven. All of a sudden, prematurely, the voice is there again. He said, what are you doing here? Okay? So he had to do only what Daddy said because he was the voice of creation. Do you realize when he stood in front of Lazarus' tomb, if he'd have just said, Come forth, thinking about Lazarus, he'd have had the white throne judgment right there in the, in the cemetery? I mean, you, you could not afford to make a boo-boo. That's not, oh, no, no, oh, go on back, go back, Andrew. That's not what I had in mind. Yeah. <laughs> so he couldn't do it. Even when he was there, he could not, as the voice of creation, bring healing. Because if he did, he's operating not as my high priest, my high example. He's got to do it within the confines of what I have limitations in. And he had to do it in his humanness. But he still was the voice of healing. He didn't do anything differently than you and I did can do he spoke stop and think here you got the Syrophoenician lady is the, is the crazy kid there no, no she's somewhere else probably rope tied up somewhere ok notice this Jesus didn't pray Jesus didn't command Jesus didn't do anything except look at her and said, you got what you wanted And I don't know how far away something changed and normality came into an abnormal situation.. Why? The voice is there. Do you realize the power you have? I prayed for people over the over the phone. yeah, I prayed for people here. I remember praying for a guy when we had our class over over people church, Guy stood up. He said, "My brother is in Chicago and he's dying of cancer." And we we sat there and we came against that cancer like you, with with, with in intensity. We got a call the next week. He got a call and he says his brother's made a sudden turnaround. At the same time when we were in the classroom, and he was leaving the hospital. Yes. You see, time and distance doesn't affect God. God can work in the past as well as he can work forward. That's why when you've got problems that are altering your your life today and you come before him, someone can work with you and and you stand in prayer, you can go back to your childhood if necessary and correct this and it's kind of kind of like a worksheet like a uh, oh What's the one that they have with the worksheets where you you, you play with one number here and you watch all the other numbers change on the worksheet? Spreadsheet, spreadsheet. Spreadsheet. You work on a spreadsheet. If you change one variable, it'll change all the other variables in the thing. And that's what he does here. He changes here and it changes everything in your life and all of a sudden wholeness and completeness comes in where everything else was totally upside down. Isn't that incredible? Try to understand And you're a child of the most high God. And here's the thing that's interesting. Here's the thing that's exciting. What he did is no different than what you and I can do. Yeah. Yeah, people said, I love the centurion. He deals with the centurion totally differently. He doesn't insult him, yet he's not a respecter of persons. But the man comes up and he says, hey, just, on this one, he said, I'll go to your house. The other one, he wouldn't go to their house. Now, the interesting thing about it is Jews did not go into Gentiles' houses. I mean, this is a massive no-no. This can get you thrown out of the temple. Jesus wasn't moved by the law. He was the law. (laughs) Okay? Peter went to Cornelius' house and he introduced the, the uh, Gentiles to the infilling of the Holy Spirit and salvation. Blew him away, blew the guys away that were with him. They came back, they reported, but it had such an impact on Peter's ministry. Peter's ministry diminished from that point on. Okay? Jesus was going to go into a Gentile's house, which would have draw, driven the Sanhedrin totally bananas. But the guy said, Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> he said, I'm a man under authority. He said, I am also, let me rephrase that. The word also is very important. He said, I am also a man under authority. And he didn't say this, but he eventually said, I, have, I tell this guy to do this and this guy to do that, and they do it. In other words, he said, I'm also under authority, and because I have authority, I can walk in authority with these other people. I recognize the authority that you're under also, so I also realize if you would just speak the word through the authority you carry. Amen. Amen. Okay, now, can I tell you something interesting? That's the same authority you have. The only difference between you and Jesus is he believes it and you don't. Because he said everything that he has given Jesus, he's given you. He said all authority has been given unto me. You go. <laughs> I loved it, you know, when the... When the when the 70 came back and they said, woo-hoo, we saw a dimension in our life we've never seen before. They they were healed, all right, but even the demons were subject to your name. Woo-hoo. And then he said something that most people miss. He says, I beheld Satan fall. And they said, oh, they're just, he's looking back when Satan was, no, 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 no. The prince of the air is no longer the prince of the air. Something's happened because the one that he's in authority over no longer is under his authority. This whole thing has been turned upside down, and he came down like lightning. Yes what? He never got back up. We have the authority to pray for people. We have the authority to command situations in their life to alter and change. We don't pray for them. We heal them. Okay? You say, well, what's the difference? Oh, Lord, you know the need that my sister has here, and we're going to lay hands on her, and oh, yes, well, thank you, Lord Jesus, for healing. No, 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 no. You you go after the situation. What did Jesus do? Yeah, I mean, if you, here's the thing if you want to know how to heal people, go read how Jesus did it. He never prayed, he commanded, he spit. You know, he did some unique things. So, what did he do? He listened to what daddy said and he said, How are we healing today? He said, You're going to spit in his face. He said, Oh, okay, (laughs) you know. You know, he's an interesting, interesting man. He never did anything twice the same. Why? Because he didn't have a formula, he just had a success ratio. He never did anything without asking, Daddy. How are we doing it today? The Bible says, and I'm done here. Do not lay hands on anyone swiftly. That I always thought, don't hit the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Count to ten. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten. Whap! Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. turn the cheek. Okay, I'm going to turn the cheek, but sucker, you better duck. (laughs) No, it's not that way at all. It's the attitude of your heart, for heaven's sakes. Okay. You command the sickness. You command the diseases. The assignment of hell off of them. You speak with authority. You don't scream at them. They're not deaf. Amen? Listen to me. I've, I've, I've done deliverances in a whisper. The only time you yell is when you're out of control. Yeah, you don't believe me. How many of you ever saw the movie Jeremiah Johnson? Okay, there's... Okay, oh, that's only two? I've seen that thing probably 14 or 15 times, 20 times at least. It's one of my most favorite pictures. There's one scene in there that is an absolute scene sealer. And that is where the, he, he's i mean—he's a novice, and he's really struggling <laughs> trying to stay alive. And he's wandering around. He's kind of out in the desert here, and he finds this guy buried up to his throat. Guy bald-headed, remember? He shaved his head, you know? Yeah, they're shaving. The guy, he'd been scalped earlier in his life. And he dug him up, and they went and they found the Indian camp, and they killed all the Indians and got all the stuff back. And Jeremiah Johnson, he offered him. He said, do "You want the scalps?" He said, "No, I don't want the scalps. I don't do that." He said, "Well, I do." And so he wanted to get all the scalps. And it shows them several days later. They're riding and they're coming up against another group of Indians. Well, the old man kind of understood that Jeremiah's, you know, needing some some bravado here. So he reaches over and takes all the scalp locks, and he hangs them on Jeremiah's horn when he wasn't looking. And this Indian is walking up and talking to them, and as he gets closer to the horse, he's screaming at the top of his lungs. I mean, he's standing right there in front of him, right in front of the horse. And Jeremiah looks over at the old man, and he says, (laughs) he says, why is he screaming? Oh, he said, he sees all the scalp locks on your horn, he's trying to build up his courage. Stop and think about how absolutely accurate that is. If the enemy can get you screaming at him, you're now on his turf. Okay? It's just like an argument. The one who screams loses. The guy who can remain quiet, keep a soft voice, soft, soft eyes, soft, soft voice, will win. Cause the other guy gets out of control he loses it same way in when you're healing when you, heal, you don't have to scream they're not deaf matter of fact you mentioned the name of Jesus and they go crazy they hear it they know it and when you said in Jesus name we rebuke this thing we command it to come off it it comes it happens amen and I tell you, you do it enough. It becomes, a, it becomes a habit. You say, well, what if it doesn't happen? Go to the next person. Yeah. You ever kiss somebody that wasn't a good kisser? You go find a better one. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was Wigglesworth that they were talking to, and it's been it attributed to, to many different people. I believe it's actually Wigglesworth. A reporter was talking to him. He said, "Mr. Wigglesworth, if you prayed for someone, and the minute you finished praying, they died, what would you do?" He said, I'd "Step over and say next." Yeah, and he would. Yeah, he, yeah, he used very unorthodox way. A guy come up with severe, severe ulcers. And he'd walk up and he'd like it and he'd just lay a heavy one right in his stomach. The man should have died. They got up well. He would grab people. God telling tell him, go, go raise this man from the dead. He'd go pull him out of a casket and stand him up against the wall and command him to walk. The guy would fall in his face. He'd slam him back up there. About the sixth time he did it, they walked out with him. <laughs> He's so funny because he all the other fine finally got he slammed up and he said, I said we I said I said walk. The man came back to life and there he was. He walked, followed the man out. You said, Well do you believe in raising the dead? I do if God tells me to do it. I studied Wigglesworth's life very carefully. He never did it except the father told him. Go do it. Did you get anything? You don't realize how awesome you are. You really don't realize when you wake up in the morning, all hell has a special board meeting just trying to figure out how to slow you down. And you're walking in oblivion to the fact of the power that raised Jesus from the dead that dwells in you. Amen? Enemy is looking for every distraction he can to slow you down. And, that, and the body of Christ is falling for it. He'll bring people by to upset you. And you, no, you can't get. Cranky. Matter of fact, you can't even say need when you're cranky. You're just, you know, you're looking for something to chew on. He won, you lost. You see, hired for love. If God is love, and we are His adopted sons and daughters, we are love. Matter of fact, fruit of the spirit—I am fully convinced—is one fruit: love, and it's described eight different ways.